What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the daily podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. So today, special episode, I have a special guest with me today. That's right. Lucky you. You don't just have to listen to me. You can actually listen to someone who knows what they're talking about. There you go. Don't, don't, don't say I never treat you on this podcast. <laughs> so today I'm very lucky to be joined by Bastian from Zeal Guitars in Germany. Now, Zeal Guitars might sound familiar with to you even if you didn't know them before because I have actually covered them on the podcast before and if you follow along on axesandblades.com and on axes and blades on social media um i did do a guitar highlight on a tweakster build that's one of their models um kind of t style sort of shape roughly speaking um the tweakster from zeal guitars they did a really special build that really caught my eye at the end of last year they've done a bunch of really cool stuff that i sort of talked about uh, a little bit more in that podcast episode and in the article i wrote about that as well um and kind of all the cool stuff that they've done with that model and some of their other custom builds which really have, have caught my eye over the years i first came across uh zeal guitars at guitar show and I, we talk a little bit about this in the podcast as well um in the interview today uh, and tomorrow going over kind of uh, when I first came into contact with their guitars and definitely some of the really out there interesting and unique things and finishing options that they have shown off really caught my eye and have done for a lot of other people out there as well and um, it's something that if you've ever seen it um, out there in the world you'll definitely remember it will definitely catch your eye Uh, as well as the Twigster model they offer um, another model that I really really uh, like for different reasons uh, the hydra which we also talk about in this interview uh, across the podcast today and tomorrow kind of more for modern players but we talk a little bit about that and kind of dissect that as well um really cool custom guitars that they offer as well some amazing unique custom builds uh they do about 20 to 30 guitars a year building them you know slowly one at a time um with some cool experimentation in there and really uh consulting with you the customer to get you the full custom shop experience and that's how uh zeal operate they also you know do some stock bills of their own models and stuff and present those um and all of that stuff but a lot of it is really building you know dream guitars for their customers building exactly what the customers want as custom builds um which is really really cool in their workshop in germany so really high-end really cool stuff and a nice range of stuff that's going to appeal more to vintage guys and maybe the genres that we most closely associate with that and guitars that maybe associate more with the contemporary kind of players but that's actually something we dissect a little bit and talk about uh in this interview and we got into talking about all sorts of stuff to do with the guitar industry at the moment where it's going in the future um obviously bastian's work and some of the interesting things that he's applied as a guitar builder and how he came to make some of the choices that he made uh with his you know his career and his life as a guitar builder because that's really cool and interesting and that informs the guitars that are then put out there um and kind of tells us a lot about the guitars themselves as well which is cool so it was nice it was nice to chill out talk about guitars a massive thank you to bastian for coming on um and if you want to check out zeal guitars 
I have left links in the description to everywhere where you can check out Seal Guitars. I recommend you do it. You're definitely going to like what you see if you're not already familiar with them. If you are, you should listen anyway because we're getting some cool insights into the world of guitar making and where a guitar is right now as an instrument. So always really cool and fascinating. Massive thanks again to Bastian. And without further blabbing on by me, I'll uh, go right into my interview with Bastian from Zeal Guitars. Bastian, thank you for joining me. It's been like a stupid, insane year now of this yeah. stuff. Um, but, you know, the guitar world has kind of done okay. So I'm curious about if if guitar building has been kind of unaffected or not so crazily affected. How's it been for you over the last year? Actually, it is affected, but uh, in an absolutely positive way because... Um, when this whole COVID uh, thing started, like last year in, in, in March, um, I really had the, the fear that it will uh, affect me more and people will start to, to cancel orders or, um, mm -hmm. you know, business will just uh, decrease. But um, really the opposite is what happened. Um, I had some, uh, some customers even calling me, uh, asking me, well, how are you doing with this whole situation? Uh, I know you just mm -hmm. uh, got my, my deposit. Should I pay the, the full price right now that you don't get, get in any trouble or struggling with financial situation? I was like, whoa, great, man. Wow. Thanks. I <laughs> don't need it, but I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. And um, really, the, the whole uh, repair business uh, increased by like 20, 30% in that time. Because unfortunately, mm -hmm. musicians don't play any gigs and um, they can't can practice, so they don't need their guitars that badly. So they take it to their uh, luthier to get it fixed, or to get new new pickups, to get new frets, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they they had in mind for a long time, and um, I think also the the sales on, on new guitars got up a little bit. Um, because uh, I have the impression that people don't uh, don't spend their money on uh, needless things anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, they can't spend it on on you know holidays, unfortunately. So they this may be easier for them to convince the wife to get a new guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is like because it's affecting everything. It's it's quite hard to predict how it will go. Like. That's interesting that you say about repairs. I feel like people have been doing with guitars a bit like DIY, like they've had on a list for ages, like a refret or different pickups in it. And that means a bunch of people are modding, but also a bunch of people getting repairs or getting new guitars. Like, because cause working with, a, with yourself, if you're doing a custom order, um, you know, it's like more of a commitment to, you know, talk with you and get some ideas out. So I could imagine people coming to you now when they've either got some more time stuck at home or yeah retail therapy as well people enjoy buying guitars <laughs> to instead of sitting at home depressed absolutely <laughs> yeah and even many people um, start playing again that uh, really a lot of musicians mm -hmm. have said well i don't have time to to do anything anyway so um when i'm stuck at home i just uh, grab my old guitar and uh, get it fixed and, and start from zero again and um, that's also a thing, as you said, it's, it might be kind of a, a therapy for many people to keep them, them busy and doing something else and focusing on their actual situation. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think that helps a, a lot of people um, to, to pick up a new hobby or like even to, to just like put more time into one that you have and yeah. invest in it a little bit more. 
is definitely helping everyone. And obviously, like the the bigger companies have seen weird supply side issues with getting parts and stuff like that. Um, is that only happening to those guys because of the volume, or have you found it difficult to get some parts and stuff like that as well? Um, I think since I work mostly or as much as I can with the local suppliers from from Germany, it's not mm-hmm. um, that problematic for me. But um, I've talked to um, Peter Borowski from uh, ABM Guitar Parts in Berlin, and, mm-hmm. and he said that they are um, their production is completely overbooked because uh, you know guitarists uh, in home office uh, working on their guitars um, mm-hmm. is maybe the thing, and um, it was a, a little a little struggle to get parts from them in time or from from pickup makers like Harry Häusl, which uh, I work with a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, since my um, my supply chains aren't that long, like uh, like they are for the the global uh, players, um, I'm not really struggling with that a lot. But um, what really was a, a pain in the arse was this whole Brexit thing, because I've been waiting for uh, parts from UK for I don't know three four months just for mm-hmm. a few pickups or tuners, and this was really um, a hassle. But um, otherwise, it's it's not really a problem. Yeah, that's been frustrating because similar to the pandemic, you know, no, you, no one was prepared for it. But it's more frustrating because we could have been prepared for it. Yeah. <laughs> like we knew it was coming. And, uh, you know, obviously that was definitely frustrating for like bigger businesses as well who just like had no idea what to do with that. Um are you, are you missing doing stuff like guitar shows um, in this year? Are you finding that with all the stuff online, there's there's enough to occupy you there? Uh, <laughs> to be completely honest, I don't miss him that much. <laughs> uh, because um, I skipped um, last year anyways, and the year before that I skipped because um, I took a little uh, baby break. And mm-hmm. um, really, it was was the first two years uh, in a row that I didn't go to any guitar shows since I started this business in in 2010, and it's been such a relief to to not have this this stress of building new instruments for this show, which mm-hmm. just get finished in the last second before you pack them up and and drive to <laughs> Mannheim, Frankfurt, wherever. <laughs> and um, yeah, besides the the custom orders that you have to build anyways, and uh, this whole organization, and it costs a fortune to to go mm-hmm. on, on a guitar show. Um, and honestly, it was a huge relief not to to have to do that. On the other hand, um, it was always a lot of fun when you when you are there meeting uh, the customers, um, the colleagues, um, just looking for for cool new guitars and uh, artists playing them. This is something that I'm really missing, but under the, the given circumstances, I think it's really it's really stressful to go on a guitar show because I got an invitation for the uh, Guitar Summit in, in Mannheim this yeah. year. Um, I think this is where we first met, like two, two or three years ago. Yeah, a couple of years back. Yeah, exactly. And um, I really love the show because it's... Um, it's such a, um, a small thing. There are only enthusiasts uh, for guitars. It's a quiet show. It's not that, that huge noise like on a rock concert like it was on, on the Musikmesse in Frankfurt. 
and uh, mm. it's a really relaxed show and this uh, this nice setting um but this year they had restrictions that uh, everybody has to wear masks um people don't get get in on a, on a daily ticket they have to uh, register uh, in front uh you have to to keep uh, certain distances and uh, this was all such a um, such a hassle that i don't see any any chance of me going there i just Maybe wait until next year, which is a pity. But um, yeah, as I said, I have enough business, so this uh, takes a, a lot of stress out for me. <laughs> for sure, man. I I think people don't realize how much work those shows are. Because the year after we met, I worked the next one, helping out another builder. Like, and you know, you get there a couple of days early, and you got to construct everything, and the guitars have to be done. And yeah, um, you know, I think also people don't realize that um you know you just get as a basic thing like a table like that's it and all the stands you see where people put all this work up with their logo banner up and all this like people like you you do that yourselves like that's not done by like a crew um i think that's an option but like you say it costs so much anyway you've not got money left for like paying (laughs) exactly (laughs) like the crew (laughs) to come in so it's like two days of work and that's if you've got uh you know your your order books filled I'm sure you're thinking that's a couple of days missing out of working on custom orders uh, as well. And then the actual days you're there. Uh, yeah, I, I miss the fun a lot, but it's kind of interesting talking to everyone about the business impact. And it's, you know, mixed. It's like there's mm-hmm. definitely a benefit to shows, but people are kind of finding their own way without them um anyway you know yeah. um whether it's online or whatever were you interested at all on the online shows or do you think for you it's worth you just put your effort into your own online space like you got zeal guitars instagram facebook is that just easier for you i think this makes more sense for me because i got a new homepage. i don't know a year and a half ago and okay. um what i realized is that um this is makes much more sense for me because um, I reach more potential customers uh, with my homepage, with the nicely designed one with nice pictures, and um, and this makes so much more sense. And even this uh, this um, uh, visibility on on search engines, um, you know, this whole SEO stuff that uh, is just much better done right now. It makes more sense for me than. Um, going on some some digital events uh, showcasing my guitars there because maybe you reach some potential customers there but uh, I think when somebody is looking for a new guitar or potential guitar maker that uh, you can commission uh, your new custom guitar um, you're looking up online you look on YouTube you look on uh, on the websites whatever mm-hmm. and um, for me it just makes a lot more more sense or if, I think it, it generates more uh, more income when I focus on that. But yeah. maybe for, for other uh, colleagues, it might be uh, different. But for me, it was just the way to go. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's the thing is, is when it's at that point, like you haven't got the in-person thing. And even when, you, like you say, you've got in-person, but there's all these restrictions. It's so hard to capture the unique thing that you get from guitar shows. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people came to that conclusion of virtual guitar shows. They can achieve a lot of the same ends. 
through their own stuff. It's not like it doesn't work, but you could kind of achieve the same thing if you do your own videos or work with other yeah. people and and that's there. So I could totally see that. Um, I mean, I, 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 I even like on this podcast, you know, it's a place to talk about your guitars, obviously, and and it's free, which like, even if the audience isn't as big, it's free versus the online shows still cost quite a lot. Like I remember yeah. getting the invitations for them. So um, it's, it's still a lot of work in that way. Um, I did actually talk about one of your builds towards the end of last year, you did a tweakster build that was like a gold finish. Oh, it yeah. was a really unique finish. How was it you did that finish? Cause it doesn't look like a standard gold top, for example. No, it's not. It's uh, actually a coating of uh, real brass. So um, I take um, brass powder, um, mm -hmm. mix that with a special lacquer um, compound. And then you have a, a really thick um, fluid that you can barely uh, spray through your uh, paint gun. <laughs> and um, at first, when you when you apply it, it just looks like a, a dull yellow brownish something that uh, that you can't really <laughs> tell what it is but um, uh, then you start sanding it uh, and polishing it and um, yeah after almost a day of work um, you get uh, a pretty pretty uh, neat shiny um, golden surface and uh, the cool thing about this is that it's a really unique and, and lively surface because just like an old trumpet or saxophone it, it gets a certain patina over the years so right. you can can always uh, you know use some some metal polish to to uh, rub it bright and shining again, but um, yeah, it really just starts aging over the years, and um, it's it's yeah completely unique. That's seriously cool. And then that that would also mean if you did another one, no player would have quite the same looking one over years because of the way they'd age. They'd all look look yeah. different over time. That's fascinating, though, that you would use you could use metal polish because of the brass in it to to kind of <laughs> gloss it back up. That's fascinating, and yeah, the way you could kind of tell from the pictures, like, it's one of those finishes, I guess, that's so hard to capture in the pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're kind of taking hundreds of them, like it's not quite right. But what you could tell was just from the different angles of the lighting. It kind of looked a slightly different color, just the way it caught the light. Mm. Almost, it, it kind of captured it, which was really cool. Um, but but how do you even come to that? Is that just experimentation, or did a customer have that idea? I mean, how does that how does that even come about to create a weird finish like that? Um, actually, when I started out uh, my company, we've been looking for something unique, some some unique design features for our guitars. And um, we came across uh, a guy that makes um, makes finishes on furniture for uh, exclusive interior design, um, and he does all that kinds of, of things with different metals, with um, concrete surface, with uh, I don't know different uh, finishing techniques. And um, we were like, okay, we want to do this on guitars. And mm -hmm. um, then we we talked to him and um, and. Um, it was so nice to, to show us how it's been done and um, also tell us his, his suppliers where he got this whole stuff from. And then we just started experimenting what looks good on guitars, what works on guitars, um, what sounds good, what looks good. And um, yeah, it was a, was a long way of, of trial and error just to, to get there and to see what works for us. 
and it still is i mean i still mess up many many uh finishes <laughs> i have to do them over and over again before i just get it right but um yeah i think every luthier struggles with that so i think so um and you know like you said when you that was a core thing when you started was that because you know by that point it's already quite a busy guitar market and do you, do you feel like it's important if you're building guitars if someone's listening to this and they're wanting to get their guitars out there or whatever you have to try and really really present something new in the market uh, it depends i think there are like the, the two extremes whether you present something old-fashioned that everybody is used to um mm -hmm. like doing a great retro guitar that looks like somebody um, seen it before and has some some mm -hmm. connection to it maybe do your your own uh, um, style or ingredients to it add it and um, yeah just create this uh, at, at your style or the other extreme is to, to do something completely new and, and different because um, there are so many guitar makers on the market right now and everybody is making his own style and and i'm sure most of them are creating great guitars so if you really want to stand out of that crowd you have to do something unique that um, maybe not everybody likes or not everybody gets at the the first sight because uh, yeah i got got a lot of um a lot of critique and a lot of um people on shows that just didn't get what i've been doing like put concrete on a guitar what's what's that it's, it's not a not a nitro finish it's not it doesn't look like a strat not like a gibson what what is that <laughs> you know people almost got angry like they didn't get it <laughs> but um yeah i think this is this is uh, something that, that many builders are struggling with when they come up with uh, radical ideas and i don't think that my ideas are pretty radical i mean it's still like an ordinary six string guitar just with a different finish it's not like mm -hmm. uh birdfish from from Ulrich Teufel or something yeah you know um but yeah this is those are the two extremes like going with something familiar that people can can um can get a, um, a connection to or just do something radically different it's kind of almost at this point a little bit like music it's it's like you know it's not just a good enough it's not just good enough to be a really good guitar player you yeah. know, if if your band becomes popular, you get a following. It's because you find something that speaks to people. Mm. And that's just kind of similar that you either make music that people like already love and it's feeding into something they really like, or you're producing music which kind of pushes the boundaries and people kind of kind of gather because of that. They want to see what's new. But yeah. you've kind of got the extra weirdness in there of like, I think when it comes to music, we maybe have a little bit more openness and then guitar. Yeah. Like you say, sometimes people are almost angry when you don't make, a, <laughs> when you don't make a, a familiar guitar. But then if you were to make a Strat that maybe even the same person would be angry, like, Oh, he's ripping off Fender. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. deal with that. <laughs> it's always the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. The joy of the, of your customers being guitar nerds is like, is <laughs> 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 fun, but it's, it's funny though, to see that, um, it does still work like over time. It's just about consistently presenting it. And like over time, yeah. it's almost like people get worn, like warm up to it a little bit, you know, even if they react strongly the first time. Um, I think the first one I saw of yours that really 
at that show where we met that really was kind of the the big eye-catching one i think it was one of the heart of gold um tweaksters that was there um maybe with the paisley and the the gold flake on it as well um you've used that paisley quite a few times is that just part of the same experimentation it's quite aesthetically eye-catching and you found a way to get it to work uh kind of yeah i mean i've seen this um guys putting fabric on their guitars like the first time in the 90s i think ibanez did it with some some silk uh, fabrics mm-hmm. some japanese silk fabrics and um so i just thought maybe i could give it a try and, and see what what works as well so i ordered uh, a few different patterns uh, fabrics of, of any kind and uh, also this just silverish black uh, brocade finish um paisley paisley fabric mm-hmm. and uh, yeah just tried if i can make it work and it was also like that a, a lot of trial and error before i got the right uh, right glue compound ready uh, that doesn't doesn't get solved by the the lacquer that i put on later and um yeah i did, did a, a few samples and i just found that this is just such an such an eye-catching thing with this silverish brocade finish because it looks differently in, in every angle when you can when the light hits the, the fabric and uh, yeah as you said it's just an, the perfect showcase guitar you put it in front of your booth at any guitar show and everybody like oh, what is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you just got them at, at that point you can go there and hey guy that's a that's a fabric it's not just a finish on blah 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 you got yeah. uh, got something to talk about and it's yeah, this is really why I uh, I take such a guitar in most of, of the shows with me because yeah, it's just a perfect showcase. Yeah, I mean that's the that that's the easy part of having like guitarist customers is like as long as you make it shiny enough, you always might attract <laughs> their attention. <laughs> like that's that's all it takes really sometimes just to get us to come over, which is cool. Um, but it, it's saying something though because you know in those rooms like at guitar shows where they have all the you know boutique or whatever you want to say builders together mm. it's a kind of an interesting thing because it's like a whole room where there's so much experimentation and so much going on it can you know it can kind of be overwhelming like if you're not familiar with what's in there when you walk in yeah. you know it's like nothing in here kind of is is quite as as you'd expect in a way um which is is a cool thing i think but i'm sure for some people it's like drives the anger levels or, or the, the confusion levels up but i think also to be generous i think a lot of people do react to just the the level of craftsmanship in there if nothing else like mm-hmm. that that's a good in for people um even if it's not immediately like what well, they want to buy or whatever i think people yeah. have a respect for that um you actually studied instrument building but that's not the case for for all builders like they all have a very different journey to getting to be a builder and like 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 you're saying it kind of keeps going you're experimenting and pushing and kind of learning every single guitar you're doing almost um for someone who's just starting out building or or thinks that would be a cool thing to do in the future do you recommend studying instrument building like like you did or do you think there's pros and cons with teaching yourself just becoming a apprentice or something like that good question um I think most builders that are successful right now in, in making um, electric guitars are all self-taught. I don't think that uh, any of them has a real classical apprenticeship. 
you see that more uh, when it comes to making acoustic instruments and um, maybe this is the right approach because electric guitars don't have much to do with um, with classical uh, instrument making it's more of mm. finding your way of um, of getting a perfect end result and um, on the other hand uh, the acoustic guitar making has more to do with um, with certain techniques with uh, materials with you know learning the different bracing patterns learning the the um the right ways to handle all the tools um with working like with very small planes with the chisels with um with everything you need to um make a guitar the old-fashioned way because you can't use that many tools or power tools as you would uh, when you make an electric guitar so mm -hmm. i think maybe it's it would be best when you when you want to start out making acoustic guitars and to really study it make a, a good proper apprenticeship um because you learn so much from from um from somebody who can show you all the the ways of of working with the material wood and of handling all the, the tools and uh, also showing you some of his his tricks and experiences um of how to to do this this very step right now maybe cutting a binding channel, uh, you know, doing a, a nice proper inlay, doing fretwork, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there are plenty of books which you can learn from, but um, still, this is this is something that you uh, that you have to um, you have to experience. And it's, it's much easier if somebody is showing you. On the other hand, electric guitar making is more of handling power tools. So if you maybe a carpenter or if you're experienced with woodworking tools, um, it shouldn't be such a big problem to to teach yourself how to make a, a good proper electric guitar. The trickier thing is here to to get the details right, like to to do the right finish work, to to get the, the fret work perfect, to get a, a nice proper setup. But yeah, this is really something that uh, that can be self-taught, like like many many uh, colleagues uh, prove. And um, so yeah, but. Definitely, I never uh, regretted of uh, having made this this uh, classical apprenticeship. So it's most definitely a good thing. I, yeah, I think it's also about like what um, opportunity is available for you because some of the guys who aren't technically classically trained, you know, had someone in their family who did some woodwork, so they were kind of familiar with the tools, hmm. and then maybe they felt they didn't need the training, but. On the other hand, if you were, you know, didn't have that access, the training would be really, really useful to you because that would be like your very first introduction to the tools. And like you say, at that point, it's quite good to have someone there <laughs> really introducing you to it rather than just like a YouTube video or something. Definitely. Which which is kind of is, is a bit of a different experience. Um, yeah, I, I think that's interesting as well, the difference between the acoustic world and the electric world. I guess you could maybe throw like... Um, you know, people who make these really expensive arch tops mm. often either classically trained or like, you know, trained under someone, apprenticed yeah. under some other famous arch top builder for 20 years or, or whatever, <laughs> um, which I I've always feel is like less of what really happened and slightly verges into their marketing text a little bit. You know, it starts to mm. sound a little <laughs> bit like... <laughs> <laughs> it starts to sound a little bit more like an advert than someone just telling you how they learned to build guitars at some point but 
I, I guess if you're going to sell 10 archtops a year at like 30,000 each, you've got to really work on the marketing. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to do that a little bit. So that was part one of my interview with Bastian from Zeal Guitars. A massive thank you to Bastian for, uh, you know, just taking the time out of a busy weekday to, uh, as you said, as you heard him say there, he's been really busy uh, at the moment. So a massive thank you to him for doing that. Really cool insights, fascinating stuff. Um, if you enjoyed that, uh, part two is coming tomorrow so all you got to do tune in again to guitar blah blah tomorrow catch part two we go on talking about a whole bunch of different stuff cool stuff about future guitar all that good stuff um, a bit more about models and what zero guitar does all of that good stuff so uh, if you enjoyed that if you like what you heard definitely tune in tomorrow for part two big thanks again to bastian and uh take care of yourselves take care of one another and i'll catch you again tomorrow